Amen. You may have a seat. Come on, give somebody a high five this morning. Come on, excited that you are with us today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, come on, I just want to read real quick, 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is a um, t-shirt that B-Man is wearing and coming off of the song in our time of worship this morning. It's just, this is the, the supernatural work that takes place, and it's kind of a great lead-in to our message today and leading in a communion. And I think there's times in our lives that we just have to have a breaking free. Like there's times that we have to bust loose. And whatever it is that holds us bondage, whatever it is, something from the past or something that the enemy brings to our attention from the past that we feel like this cripples us or whatever that looks like, man, we have to have an understanding. And this is where we're at today. I want us to have a deep understanding of what it is that we are supernaturally free We are supernaturally forgiven. And in that, there is a release. But I feel so many times people are held still yet to bondage and people are still just yet pressed down. And I want want to read a a, a, a verse to you and I I want this. Today I want this. I want you to take God at his word today. What would happen if we actually read his word and say, no, it's alive and powerful. It's active and effective to those who will believe it. No, I'm going to take God at his word. And I want today to be a day, and I hope it's every day, and I hope it's on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I hope it's every day that you get into his word. His word is our hope. This is our expectation. And man, as you get in the word, my encouragement is this. Hey, church, what would it be if we actually took God at his word? God, you said this, and I'm gonna gonna take you at your word because God is faithful, and God is true, and God is loyal, and his word does not come back void. I'm gonna take you at your word. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is exactly that in a supernatural work, and we were seeing it this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, here it is. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, first of all, are you in Christ? Do you know Christ as saving you, Lord? Have you repented? Have you turned to Jesus, believed in Jesus, surrendered to him, confessed that he is Lord? Like, for those who are in Christ, Bible says this, you are a new creation. I love this. You are a new creation. The old things have passed away. When you think of passed away, I think of the old things are dead. And wait a minute, I'm in Christ, therefore I'm a new creation. The old things are dead. And then he says this, behold, all things become new. Church, what if we took this word at what it says. We took God at his word. Man, I was, I was in this direction. I came to Jesus Christ. I know that I'm born again. And in the process of being born again, the past is dead, like over. Like I am forgiven and I am free. I'm not going to allow the past to get in my way. For, and, it, and it deals with our soul, that my soul would be free, that my soul would be light, that my soul would not be pushed down because there's a, this this beautiful proclamation of this behold. When you see behold in scripture, it's like the trumpets are sounding. Behold, all things have become new. Church, what happens when you take him at his word and really believe the past is exactly where it needs to be in the past. 
And today we can have a true refreshing and today can be a, a true understanding of what happens where I'm not going to let yesterday interfere with my today. I know that I am forgiven and free and I know that the old is dead and the new is come. Behold, all things become new. Church, what happens if you believe the true supernatural work of being born again and being saved? Like this is what we were singing today. And my hope is this, is throughout this service today in our time of communion, that if there is anything, if there is anyone in this place, that number one, if you don't know Christ, you come to Christ. Today's your day. But if you are in Christ, and yet you are still holding on to the things of the past, it is my heart today as I have prayed through this and I have prayed for you, that you would be that one that says, I am done with my yesterday. I am no longer going to allow yesterday's sins because I know that I am forgiven. I know what it means to be set free. I'm cutting the chains today. I do, man, I hope that there is a true freeing that takes place today through this message. And I have asked my lovely bride to come up and just share her heart for a minute and pray over her man. Amen. 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 Good morning. How are you today? <laughs> Amen. We are just so blessed that we are able to come in and worship the one true living God. The Bible says there is one God. He is the God of Israel, right? And Jesus, we come to worship Jesus here in this place, and we are just so blessed. And we have been at this music festival. We took the Breakaway Group, which was such a blessing. And these kids, we just want to testify of just God's faithfulness to Believer's Chapel and the work that is happening here through the young adults. What a blessing. I just want to encourage you all, moms and dads and grandmoms and just the, the grace of God that is on this generation and just watching these children worship the true living God and just reading their Bibles, praying and encouraging one another, um, just witnessing this. It was such a beautiful thing and um, we just are so thankful for all of you and just encouraging um, us and just, you know, being able to um, just be able to bless these kids and send them um, to this great festival where they are built up and encouraged. This generation is in a battle, right? And we know it is a great spiritual battle, but they are being built up by the word of God. I know that so many seeds were planted in them this week that we know we're going to see great fruit from this. Just as we sang in this song, it's like that cluster of grape. You know, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and we abide in him. And apart from him, we can do nothing. Do you realize apart from him, we can do nothing, that the blessing comes when we are abiding and just like Sean said when you're reading the word of God every single day that you get that seed of the word in you and then it brings forth this fruit that remains we want that fruit that remains and now we are seeing this fruit come forth just from all the prayers of all the faithful saints in this place we are seeing a great work a mighty work in this generation so I just want to be, I want to encourage you all, and we just thank you for all that you do to just, you know, be a part of this ministry. What a blessing it is. And, you know, we were just talking to some of the kids and just, you know, sharing different things. But one of the things was cute. Um, just innocently, you know, one of the girls, you know, she was saying she's going off to college and her major. And I go, oh, that was my major. And she was like, you went to college? Oh, <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I went to college long ago. You know, she's like, you have a degree? I was like, yes, I have a bachelor's degree. I do. You know, and she was just so cute, like, you know, wanting to hear about that. And, you know, it's the best thing that came out of your college. Yeah. So the best thing that we would say is that we got Sean out of college. Right. (laughs) Got my husband. And, you know, one of the cute things I remember, I asked his old Nana when I was graduating college, I said, oh, what did you go to college for? And she said, well, darling, I went to find my husband. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, good answer, I guess, you know, but it was just amazing. And, you know, you know, these girls see me as a mother, you know, and sometimes as moms, you know, I just want to encourage you because it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I'm just a mom now, you know, but God reminded me in the word of God where it says, you know, in Judges that Deborah arose, a mother in Israel, right? And she did all these great things and she was courageous and bold and, you know, that God uses us. Like we make plans for our future, but God guides and directs our steps. And God definitely changed the direction of what, you know, I thought was for my life. And he brought me, you know, into marriage with Sean, into Believer's Chapel. And that when we abide and we just stay faithful and let God guide us, he brings forth this fruit that remains, right? And that's what we are seeking after. And we are just so blessed that God is moving in in this generation, in only in New York, in this church, and just the fruit of what we're seeing. And it's amazing what God is doing. So we're just going to pray now. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We just praise you and thank you, Father, that we are your people. You are our God. We are called by your name. We thank you, Father, that we are working, Father, to advance your kingdom here on earth, Father, that, God, many souls will be saved, Father, that you will draw people here by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you abide with us. You stay with us. You guide us. You comfort us. We thank you, Father, that as Sean preaches, the anointing of the Holy Scripture, Father, will fall on every heart, Father, that hears it. We thank you, God, that you are doing a mighty thing in every single person, Lord God, that God, that by your stripes, we know we are healed, Father, that you would bring healing, Father, that you would bring revelation in your word, Father, that we would take it, Father, exactly as you have spoken it, Lord God, that it would bring forth fruit in our lives that would remain. We thank you, God. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, Father. It is able to divide through bone and marrow, Lord. And so we just thank you, God, that you are cutting away, Father, all of the shaft that we don't need in our lives, Lord, that you are going to bring fruit, bring forth the fruit that remains today. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Thank you, beautiful. Love you. Church, that is the power of a praying woman. Like, if you are a mom, if you are a wife, if you are just a single young lady, like, begin to be a prayer warrior. And begin to be a prayer warrior as, as a teenager, as a woman, you pray and you be a prayer warrior. And as getting married, you be the, the power of a praying wife. And then as a mom, it goes deep and you become the power of a praying mom. And you see God's mighty hand work in a mighty way. And what a privilege it is, truly, we are so thankful for our youth leaders and, and them. So many of them are volunteers that have given up uh, just their time this week and have given up finances this week to be able to serve and, and go with their kids. And church, I never want to take that for granted as a church. God is doing a mighty work here, a mighty work. And there's so many, so many hands that God is using in this place. And we are so thankful for you. We're thankful for this church. You call this place home. 
uh, you're a part of something special, and God is doing a great work. And I love, I love where we're at. We're in such a good place as a church, and we're in such a good place as a team and as a, as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And today, I, I want to just preach this message and then go into communion. And man, I want you to hear this, and it's from, from Psalm 130. If you would just turn with me to Psalm 130, please. And we're coming off just a solid series on the marks of a mature believer. And this is kind of like the, a little bit of the in-between. And I love coming off a series. Sometimes you, you have kind of free range and you kind of have a, a, a couple weeks break before you get into another series and, and just really praying through. Um, I want to kind of dive into another book or, or dive through another love letter. Um, I'm trying to look through that and see where the Lord would lead us in that. So we have a, a couple weeks of just kind of free range. And today is a day where I want you to catch uh, one sentence here. And as we read through Psalm 130, I want you to catch one sentence. And it is it truly, it is the sentence that sets us free. It's a sentence that, that we understand God's grace is amazing. But there's a sentence in, this, in Psalm 130 that I, I want you to understand this. And it is the, the true, the title of this message. And if we could understand this, church, our soul will become lighter. Our soul will be free the truth is this, as your soul goes, you go. As your soul goes, you go. So if my soul is pressed down, if my soul is in anguish, if my soul is so concerned about my past sins that I don't really understand the amazing grace of God, then my soul is going to be hurting and broken. But what happens when my soul is good? Man, my soul is healthy. My soul is is. It's in a, 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 a light place. My soul is light. It's not heavy burden. There's, there, there's not distractions in my soul. When you can say, you know what? My soul is good. And there's a sentence here that I want you to see in Psalm 130. And this is the message today. And it just says this. Psalm 130, if you'd look at it, please, with me. Uh, let's look at this. And let's just, I want to read this. I want you to hear this. And out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. This is David. We know David's story. He's a warrior. Man, he is a, a big, big deal in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Like, David's a big deal, right? David's a big deal. Man after God's own heart. We know handpicked by God to be the king. It's, it's kind of a big deal. You know, giant slayer, we get it. He failed miserably, we get it. Um, and we see where David, in all of that, we see through David's Psalms that he was a prayer warrior. When you see David's Psalms, you see so much of his writing is that he is crying out to the Lord. So much is writing, I love you, Lord, for you hear my cry. Like so much of his psalms, they open with him praying. They open as David knows the heart of God. David is one who follows hard after God. David is one who knows what it is to have a healthy and a holy fear and a reverence and a respect of God. David gets that. Even through his sin, David got that. He understood what it was to pray. He understood what it was to get on his face before the Lord and say, you are the God who hears me. And I love this. And this is where he's at. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. And I love that, that in, in English translation, they put an exclamation point. You don't have that in, in Hebrew, which this is written Hebrew and Arabic and, and, and Greek for the New Testament. But when you see this in Hebrew, with the exclamation point is, is a, a true Good, solid translation of that there is emphasis on this. Church, you realize that, that God knows your thoughts and he knows your whispers. He hears you when you pray in a whisper. He hears you when you're praying in bed and, and you're not being out loud because 
People are sleeping, but you're praying. You're praying over your wife. You're praying over your husband quietly. God hears all that, but there are moments that, that David gets, gets some juice, man. David gets some excitement in his time of prayer, and God hears that as well. And this is that exclamation point where David says, listen, out of the depths, I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. I love that. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. So David's in this place before the Lord, and he's crying out, and he says this, verse 3 and verse 4. I want you to get this. Watch this. For you, Lord, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities. Iniquity is sin. It's guilt. It's punishment. It's, it's fault. That, that's what iniquities are. When you see iniquities here, it's talking about that sin. It's talking about that which we should carry guilt. It's talking about that which is our fault. It's talking about punishment. If you, Lord, should mark our sins. God, if you should keep an ongoing record of all of our wrongs, who could stand? This is what he says. And David's in this place of prayer, and he's saying, God, listen, if you would keep a running count of all of my sin and all of my wrong and everything that is my fault, oh, Lord, who could stand? God, how could I ever, ever be in your presence? God, if you were to do a running count, God, I could never stand in your presence. Church, what happens when you, you understand the depth and the brokenness of sin? You understand that. Okay, I get it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yep, got that one. Talk about that all the time. Yep, wages of sin equals death. Ah, nailed that. Yeah, we get that. Understand that. But when you understand, watch this, when you understand the holiness of God, that he is holy, which means he is separate from anything that is profane or defiling. You realize your sin separates us from God. And David knew that. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, oh, Lord, who could stand? Here it is. Verse 4 is this. But there is, watch this, but there is forgiveness. But there is forgiveness with you. But there is forgiveness with you. But there is forgiveness. God, if you were going to mark all of my sin, God, I, I cannot impossible for me to ever be in your presence and to stand. But watch this. But there is forgiveness with you. Church, come on. Say this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. But there is forgiveness with you. Come on, one more time. But there is forgiveness with you. Come on, one more time. But there is forgiveness with you. David knew a little bit about forgiveness. David knew what it was to blow it hard. David knew what it was to cause murder. David knew what it was in adultery. David knew what it was to be a liar. David knew what it was. Like he knew all of this. He knew the depth of his sin, knowing, God, there's no way I should ever be in your presence. But there is forgiveness with you. Church, do we get this? Do we truly understand what it means that God has forgiven you, the depth of his forgiveness. The word forgiveness means to be released. The word forgiveness means to pardon, to release. 
but there is, God, I get sin. And I know if you were to count all my sin, God, if there's never any forgiveness, God, I can't be in your presence. I cannot stand in your presence. But, man, circle that. Highlight that. Put circles around that. What a beautiful picture. But there is forgiveness with you. But there is, if there's sin without forgiveness, I'm doomed. But there is forgiveness with you. Church, I want that sentence to set you free. I want that sentence to cut the chains of bondage. I want this sentence, but there is forgiveness with you. No, God, I get it. There has been a release. I know I get it, God. All things have been made new. Behold, all things have been made new. God, I am a new creature in you. The old, the sin, dead. Church, this is what it looks like to truly be born again. But there is forgiveness with you in church. How many times do we get so stuck in past sin that it's never really past because it still keeps us in bondage today? And I want us to see this morning a very clear picture of a biblical forgiveness. When we go before communion and we realize that Jesus Christ put himself on a cross for you and I as the payment, as the ransom, the price that was paid in order for us to understand New Testament forgiveness that Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain. And they shed his blood as a sacrifice. And without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. So when you understand the very price that had to be paid, so in order for me to be forgiven, was Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, on a cross for me and you. And church, a biblical picture of forgiveness, God's perspective, not our perspective, not your family's perspective. Sometimes when someone says, oh, I forgive you, man, they just want to hold on to that. They want to remind you of that years down the road. Yeah, well, you remember when you did this? Yeah, you remember, yeah but I thought you forgave me of that. Well, and it just, it just keeps, it keeps you on this leash and it keeps you on this chain because at times, that's the way we forgive one another. I want, to, I want you to see something today, and I'm praying that this would truly have a breakthrough for so many in this place that struggle with your past. And before we take communion, that this is Jesus Christ saying, remember this. Don't ever forget this. Jesus says, remember this. Remember the price that was paid. Remember that my blood was shed for you, and in that, you are forgiven. And in that, you are free. And today is a great reminder, and I need some of us to look at Psalm 130. Psalm 130 is beautiful because it's the gospel. It talks about sin. It talks about forgiveness. It talks about God's loving kindness, his goodness, his grace, his mercy. That's loving kindness. And then it speaks of his, his redeeming power, that it is God who redeems. It's the ransom that was paid. It speaks of us being ransomed. That means price paid. It's the gospel of Old Testament in Psalm 130. And church, what happens when we have to clear the slate and clear our spirit and clear our soul from how at times mankind forgives, which means mankind holds a grudge. Mankind brings it back up again. Mankind won't let it go.
but supernaturally what happens when you see God's point of view. And when David got it, but there is forgiveness with you. See, the Bible is very clear in the way that God forgives. You, you see this statement, but there is forgiveness with you. But there is forgiveness with you. You see it in Hebrews 8. You see it in Hebrews 10. You see it in Isaiah 43. You see it in Jeremiah 31, where you can read the statement. The Old Testament takes it from when the, New, the New Testament, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10, takes it from the Old Testament passages in Isaiah 43 and Jeremiah 31, where it speaks this simplicity and God is speaking here and it says, I will remember your sins no more. So wait a minute. So God, when you, when I understand, but there is forgiveness with you, when I am released and I am pardoned from that sin, it, it, God, if you were to mark all of the iniquities, who could stand? God, I get it, my sin, black mark. But God, there is forgiveness with you. And God Almighty says, and I will remember your sins no more. But hold on, Sean, I thought I served a God who was, who was all-powerful. I, I thought I served a God who was everywhere all at once. And I thought I served a God who knows all things. There's nothing that he doesn't know. And you're telling me that he doesn't know about my sin. That doesn't line up. You're right, that doesn't line up. Because the word remember, when you go deep in the history of the Hebrew of that word from Old Testament, it means, watch this, watch this, watch this. It means he chooses not to bring it to recollection. Well, man, what if we learned that lesson in marriage and in life, in children, in parenting? If I truly forgive you, what is it to not totally forget it? Because Listen, there's times that, that we can forget, truly, but God doesn't forget. He knows all things. But isn't it amazing that when God says, I'll remember your sin no more, he's like, listen, I'm never bringing it up again. If you have truly sought his forgiveness and you've confessed your sin, God says, I'm not bringing it up again. So church, if you want to be free from your past, can I encourage you, stop bringing it up. Stop bringing up your past. You have been set free from your past. And we serve a God who says, Sean, I'm not going to bring up your past again because you're forgiven. We see that several times in Scripture. You see it in Micah 7. You know what God does to your sin? In Micah 7, he says he throws it in the depths of the sea. Like we have no idea what's at the bottom of the sea. But God is like, listen, I'm not going to bring it up again. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do with it, I'm going to bury it in the depths of this. You want a true picture of God's forgiveness? Micah 7, 18 and 19, it speaks of God burying it in the depths of the sea. God doesn't have some supernatural sin fishing pole that he wants to bring stuff back up with all the scrudge, right? Like, put your fishing pole away and quit bringing up your past. Church, I want this to set you free today. I want this to be a breakthrough for you today from what is the past that is holding you captive in bondage today when we understand I'm going to take him at his word. No, no, I'm going to take, but you are the God who forgives. I'm going to take you at your word. But God, there is forgiveness with you. There is forgiveness with you. God, you are not bringing it up again. God, you have removed it as Psalm 103, verse 12 says, you removed it as far as the east is from the west. That is impossible to connect. That's what God says. Get the picture. Listen, when you've come to a place to be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, God says, I have removed it. 
as far as the east is from the west. Church, this is freeing word, man. This is a word that says, okay, I get it, man. The old is gone. The new is come. I am forgiven. The past is no more. That there is a place, even today as a born-again believer, if there is still yet sin in your camp, then you need to ask God to forgive you as his child. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to the believer. If you confess your sins, The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that he is faithful and just. He is true and that he is loyal to what? Forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's to the church. That's to the children. Ain't nobody here walking on water. Ain't nobody here perfect. We are walking in maturity. We're just coming off of that series and I hope that you're growing in your maturity. But church, what is it to know, to really know by the blood of Christ, no man, I am set free. No, I I know that I, I understand the depth of my sin. I get it. But there is forgiveness with you. But God, you are a God who forgives. Your grace is enough. Your mercy I don't deserve. It's your kindness. It's your favor. God, your grace is beyond anything that I can deserve. But God, I'm watching someone to take you at your word. There is forgiveness with you. So church, you see in Isaiah 43, the Bible is very clear that we all are red like crimson, but the blood of Christ washes us white as snow. I ask you, why do we struggle with this so much? Like truly, why is it that, that, that in our soul, man, we struggle with knowing, no, wait a minute, no, I am free, man. I, I, am, I am forgiven. No, the blood was enough. And the power of the blood that Jesus Christ shed on that cross was enough for the cleansing of my sin, past, present, and future. No, no, the the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was enough for God's wrath over me to be satisfied. It's called propitiation. That Christ was a propitiation. He was the satisfying agent of God's wrath because it fell on him and it didn't fall on me. I deserve the wrath of God. Jesus Christ was the payment for my sin so that I would never experience the wrath of God. Listen, church, what is it to know? Man, this is why we worship. This is why we praise. This is why we are driven to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength because I see that Jesus is worthy. I see that he is a king who left heaven, put himself on a cross, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. This is Jesus, and he is worthy, and he is deserving of all of my praise and all of my worship. He is deserving of my obedience to his word because there is forgiveness with you. Man, I am free. Church, what happens, watch this now, what happens when your soul lives in bondage? We could be smiling on the outside, high-fiving on the outside, everything's going great on the outside, and everybody just thinks, man, that guy is good. Or, man, that girl, she got it all together. the true stories on what's going on in the soul. The true story is my soul is heavy. My soul is burdened. 
man, there is this past, and there is, I, I, don't, I can't believe that I, I am forgiven from my past. And it's just like, no, wait a minute, you got to repeat the phrase, but there is forgiveness with you. David got it. David understood that. David was a murderer. David was a betrayer. David was a liar. David deceived. This was David. But there is forgiveness. Do we know, please hear me, man, do we know the reality and the depth of what it is to truly be forgiven? Because when we know this, we're free. And I want you to know this, man. I've been praying for you this week that you would know this, that we would be free. What it is to understand freedom. What it is to know, man, there is no burden on my soul. I'm good on the outside and I want to be good on the inside. I want to give a true high five that people see me good on the outside to be good on the inside because my soul is free. Church, watch this, watch this. This is where David is. I want you to see this. Come on, look what he says. Look what he says, verse four again. But there is forgiveness with you that, watch this, that you may be feared. David had this. He understood what it was. The word feared here, it means that, that reverence, that healthy, holy reverence and respect of what it is to stand in awe of God. Like, God, I want to stand in awe of you. I want to marvel at you. I'm amazed by you. I am amazed that you forgive me, but there is forgiveness with you, and I stand in awe of you, and I have this holy, healthy reverence and respect of you. This is where David was. This is where David was. He understood the true fear of the Lord. He understood reverence. He understood awe. He understood his majesty. He understood his splendor. He understood who God was. And David was free. Watch five, what he says. He says, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word, I do hope. Watch this. And in his word, I do hope. And in his word, church, take him at his word. Church, take him at his word. For I wait on you. The word wait is this confident, like this expectation, this, this I, I am participating in waiting with an eager expectation. That's what it is to wait on God. It's not with the remote. It's not just in the TV. Oh, I prayed about it. I got to do something. No, it's this eagerly. It is looking for. The word wait, it means to look for. I am looking for God to move. I have prayed and now I am waiting, but in my waiting, I am looking. I'm looking for God to move. I'm looking with an eager, this is what it means. This is what wait means. I am looking with an eager expectation. And, and it gives us an amazing example of what this looks like. I don't want you to miss this, church. So many times we say, I'm waiting on God, but you're not looking for anything. We've prayed, and then we've just gone on on our business we're not looking for God to move. I am looking for God to move mightily in this region. I am looking for God to do a mighty work in this region through every single one of you out doing what God has called you to do, doing a mighty work for him. I'm expecting this, and we're seeing God do a work. But when we pray and when we say I'm waiting on God, that means I am looking eagerly with expectation. There is this intensity in me to believe that God is going to do. I am waiting on you, God. I'm looking for you to move. I am eagerly expecting the hand of God to move in a powerful way. This is what he says. Watch this. Look what he says. And it deals with that freedom through forgiveness. It deals with that freedom through forgiveness. And he says, I wait for the Lord, for my soul. There it is. My soul looks to. My soul eagerly expects. 
and in his word do I hope. Church, I hope. I hope this. Hope means a confident expectation. I hope you take him at his word. When you read scripture, I believe this, man, and this is kind of where I'm praying, and we might be preaching on this in the, in the future. I'm praying through it, but in a sense of what it is to truly hear his voice. What it is to, to, to understand that Holy Spirit nudge. To understand scripturally, God, that you just spoke to me. And God, I need to be confident in what you spoke to me. I'm not speaking of some audible voice. I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit within you. Speaking a word to your spirit. Through his word. And that you would take him at his word. In his word, I do hope. For my soul, here it is again. Verse 6, for my soul waits for the Lord. For my soul waits. My soul, that's who I really am. My emotions, my, my emotional appetites, what I love, my desires. My soul is looking for, eagerly expecting. Watch, the, watch this example. This is huge. Don't miss this. More than the watchman, watch this, more than the watchman for the morning, yes, more than the watchman for the morning. More than the watchman, you know what a watchman does? Like they would put the watchman or they are guards on the top of the wall in the highest point of the fortress so that at night they would be the first ones to see the enemy coming. Pitch black, only lit by torches. In this day, you can't see anything beyond a torch lit and you have these night watchmen could you imagine their anxiety that the attacks would come at night? The attacks would come under the darkness and you are that guy. You are that soldier. You are that guard. And it is your job to watch and see beyond the darkness in order for any enemy that would be coming that you would warn the whole fortress that then they would be prevent. If you missed that because of darkness, you missed. Being that watchman on the wall, that guard, you are waiting with anticipation for that light to come so that you can see and the threat is gone. That's what he compares it to. That's amazing. That's amazing. I want my soul to be in such a free place that I can look to, eagerly expect for God to move. Because I know forgiveness. I know that he's not bringing it up again. I know that he's put it in the depth of the sea. I know that he's put it behind him. I know that he has removed it as far as the east is from the west. And my soul, watch this, my soul is free to look for, to eagerly expect for God to move just like even more so. The Bible says more than the watchman on the wall that waits for the daylight to come, for the threat to be gone. Is our soul in that place? 
What is it that's weighing down your soul? What is it that it's, maybe it is the past. Maybe it is somebody in your life that just keeps bringing up the past that they, they can't release forgiveness. But it's like, okay, if you're not, I know God is, and I need to be okay with that. Church, please hear me. There are times if someone of, of, of a human being who doesn't understand the depth of what it is to forgive, if they can't forgive you, you need to bank on what, what God is going to do in forgiving you that you know, wait a minute, if you don't, God has. I am free. God has forgiven me. No, I have been released. No, I am forgiven. No, God has set me free. I understand if he were to mark all my sin, I can't stand. But this is the deal. But God has forgiven me. But there is forgiveness with him. And church, let that be that freeing agent of your soul. If you're dealing with anything this morning, you've come in with a heaviness because of past sins. I want you to know this, that God, if you are truly understand the work of the cross and you are born again, or if today is your day for salvation, there is forgiveness with God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Verse 7 says this, O Lord, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is, watch this, there is loving kindness. We, we talked about sin. We've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about hope. This is the, the gospel in the Old Testament. It talks about his loving kindness, that, that, that speaks of his faithfulness, that speaks of his loyalty, that speaks of his goodness, that speaks of his kindness, that speaks of his mercy. This is what this word is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if you believe on him, you shall not perish, but you will have everlasting life. Church, to understand I must be forgiven of my sin, and the only way, the only way that that took place is that Jesus Christ put himself on a cross because God the Father loved me. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 9.22. So when you come to the cup this morning and we come to take communion. Be reminded again today, Jesus says as often as you drink this, as often as you drink this, as often as you drink this here, now, today, be reminded by the precious blood of Christ, I am free and I am forgiven. Come on, someone say amen. Amen? Come on, give me some love here. Hallelujah. Amen. Watch this. For with the Lord, there is loving kindness, and with him, watch this, and with him, and with him, and with him is abundant redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all of his iniquities. Church, when you think what it means to redeem, you think redemption. That word actually means ransom. It, it means a price had to be paid for freedom. Jesus Christ is that price that was paid for us. Church, it's not complicated. Please hear me. When you get all of this, and just even in this one simple message from Psalm 130, when you see all of this, man, it's not, it's not difficult to be able to worship God. It's not complicated to be able to say, God, I'm amazed by you. I stand in awe of you. I will worship you on Sunday. I will worship you on Monday. I will worship you on Tuesday. Man, this is why I come before you. For Jesus, you are worthy to be worshiped. The word worthy, it speaks of value. It speaks of weight. It speaks of honor. 
honor for worthy is the lamb who was slain. When you realize Jesus, you are worthy. We come before the table this morning. Man, it's not complicated to just worship. It should never be difficult no matter what season our life is in when we get the big picture. Jesus, you are worthy. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. It's not complicated, church. When you picture Jesus Christ on a cross with his skin just shredded to to, to just sliced skin where you can't recognize him as a human being. Church, that was the rescue mission. That was the price that had to be paid. Isaiah 53 just simply says this. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. This is 700 years before the actual cross. It says this, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. He did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Could you imagine what it is when a true lamb gets slaughtered? this is that Old Testament picture of a prophecy 700 years later where John the Baptist I want you to see this in John 1 verse 29 John the Baptist takes this takes this I want to read this again you can put that up but he takes this like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before the shears, so he did not open his mouth. And then you've got John the Baptist. He's the forerunner of Christ, and he sees Jesus in this crowd. And the next day, he saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, watch this. Here's, the, here's, that, here's that announcement again. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He takes Isaiah 53, verse 7, like a lamb that's going to the slaughter. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, said, look, at there he is. There's the Lamb. There's the one. He is the Lamb of God. And this is the one that will take away the sins of the world. Could you imagine John, the forerunner of Christ, the one who came before Jesus to make this announcement? He's the one. Here's the Lamb. Church, what is it to just simply declare worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing when you realize by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who is the lamb that was slaughtered, who took away the sins of the world, that Jesus was the ransom. Jesus was the payment for my sin. Church, get this. Please hear this. At what point does this become personal? At what point does this become so personal for you that it's just easy to walk in obedience and it's easy to not be ashamed of the gospel and it's easy to be bold and it's easy to worship. It's easy. At what point is this so personal that it drives you in your every moment? But there is forgiveness with you. Come on, bow your heads with me, please, for a moment. Man, where are you in this? In this exact moment, where are you in this? Do you know Christ as Lord and Savior? understand what it is to repent, to change your mind towards sin, to
to truly repent from sin. Believe that Jesus truly is the only way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Nobody. Get in church, nobody. Take him at his word. Nobody. Come to the Father but through him. Let us confess that he is Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Do you know Christ today? Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Church, he is worthy. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. By the shedding of his precious blood, we are called to forgiveness. We are called to see it through God's perspective that you have been set free. No change on you. There is a release this morning in this. If you're in this place and you don't know Christ, man, I encourage you. As Katie is singing this song, I want you to just come to Christ in your own heart. You would say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I get it that you are the only way. I repent from my sin. I acknowledge you as my Savior. I confess that you are my Lord. And as Katie is singing this song, if you're in this place and you truly are a child of God and you have carried weight with you for so long of past sin, please hear the word today. Please take him at his word today. But there is forgiveness with you that you would be able to pray as Katie sings, God, I am forgiven. God, I don't know what man thinks. I don't care what man has said. I don't care about the heaviness of man. God, I want my soul to be free again. God, you have forgiven me. I'm not carrying this anymore. The past is the past. Behold, all things have become new. Church, get this, please. I think we carry things around. The enemy loves it. There's no need for it. I take him at his word. My sin is buried. My sin is not remembered and brought up again. My sin is from the east, is from the west. I have been washed clean today, tomorrow, next year, next, next year, until Jesus returns. The blood of Christ is enough that I have been set free and that I have been cleansed and I'm white as snow. That's the power of the blood. You're not called to carry that sin. Church, you're forgiven. Come on, let Katie just sing over us, and I want you to get it, please. Come on.